0: Hello and welcome to another comedians interview for my blog and podcast, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1000 comedians over the last 47 years. My guest today is the wonderful comedian Mr Steve Best.
1: Yay! <laughs>
2: Hello mate. Ah that was a good intro. That was a big clap. That's the best I've got for ages. Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How are you? You alright? Yeah, very good. Very good. Thank you so much for doing this. It's it um we, uh, the interview is going to last about 45 minutes and it's going to be all about your comedy career and we're going to go right back to the start. Okay. And I'm going to ask you, how did you become a comedian in the first place, please?
2: In the first instance, how did I become a comedian? Well, um, I've done nothing else, basically. I, I, I um, excelled at school uh, and then I kind of started bunking off my sixth form and started doing kids', kids magic shows and, and performance. So I learned all these skills of juggling and uh, I ride, ride unicycle and puppets and Punch and Judy. So I started out in, in kid stuff really, um, and then um, I auditioned for a summer season, which is really weird because I didn't know about the comedy circuit at all. Um, so I did this I did this audition, and, and because I I was kind of uh, writing my own stuff then as well. It was very different to that kind of mainstream arena that 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 um, like the caravan parks and um, kind of Butlin's kind of feel to it. So yeah. they really liked me. I kind of really stormed this audition, and then I had to do eighteen weeks. Um, I was based in Exeter, and I did um, eighteen weeks uh, going around Torquay, Newquay, uh, Paint. I know all all around Devon and Cornwall basically. Wow! And I got sacked off the first couple because. I was so so different to what they were expecting. And, and um, so I had to kind of acclimatise myself. But actual fact, there was a really good learning ground. That's where yeah. I learned a kind of a really quiet, cool, I did everything in that as well. I juggled, I, I did you know, stand up, um, all, all weird and wonderful stuff. Um, and magic was my big thing because I I was obsessed with magic when I was growing up. Yeah, it's the Young Magician of the Year final in 1985. I think it
0: was. Good man, that's fantastic.
2: Yeah, the Polka Theatre when I was 13, or 14. So I was really obsessed with magic. I loved it. So I kind of combined all that into this show, and then and then I did the summer season, and I, that was really full on. I and I came into London, and that's when you could. There weren't that many people doing it, and I had a really strong. I mean, I was doing 40, 45 minutes a night, and the comedy circuit was to do five minute open spot wow so i you know i had a really really strong five minute i had a strong 25 that was stretched to 40 <laughs> so so i could do it so i got onto the circuit
0: pretty quickly really in, so yeah. what's what sort of year was this then that you first started um
2: oh man it must be 1991 ish two something right. like that.
0: Right, it's funny. Funny that you mentioned Torquay and Paynton and everything, because um, one of the first gigs I ever saw was on a family holiday to Torquay when we were when I was ten with the family, and we went to see Tom O'Connor
1: yeah. at the
0: Festival Theatre in Paynton, and um, uh, I sat there and I burst out laughing at his jokes, and with my legendary laugh, I suddenly realised. My God, I'm loud, and it uh, and it actually floored him. He, he, he oh, was, really, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he had
2: it, an extra he loud. On and and came back
0: on again. <laughs> it was extraordinary. But
2: that, that, but that was the circuit I was doing at that time yeah. because you'd have whole families there. You have the children, parents, and grandparents all watching the same kind of show. So yeah, you had to kind of keep it quite clean and all this stuff. So it was a good learning ground. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I remember at one of the venues, Little and Large, was coming the next week. Brilliant! So it was that kind of, you know.
0: Brilliant. What is what is wonderful about your act when I've seen it is the unpredictability of it because you're so you can be so outrageous and wild and 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 I think you know with the magic and the and the unicycling and all the rest of it, it's brilliant building ground and experience for your act that you've got now.
2: Yes, I think so. And, and what I try to do because in the magic world, you buy a trick and people tend to do the same patter. Yeah. And so I always got something and thought of a different way of doing it and doing gags, my own gags around it. So, but I don't really do much magic in, in the act now, but it's, no. it's unpredictable because I sometimes do. And you know, <laughs> there's a trick I do, which is a fantastic <laughs> trick where you can get anybody in the audience to name any card in a deck of cards and you can bring out a wallet and in the, in the wallet is an envelope. In the envelope is one card, which is their called out card. And it's so, wow. such a stunning trick that people don't. They think there's some comedy there, but there's no comedy. That's why I do. All this m- mucking around and surreal rubbish, and, and then suddenly do this ma- amazing magic trick, and it's like, wow, it's great. Yeah, so.
0: that is superb. That is wonderful. So, um, you're you're going along doing your five minute slots. Um, did you have uh, friends coming along supporting you in clubs? Is that how you developed it, or or, or were you just did it just um, develop as you got more and more work?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think in in those days when we had a really good time on the circuit because you just did your open spot of five minutes, and if you were good, that would ask you back to do ten. Yeah, and and nowadays, as you know, there's there's open spot nights, you know, or bringers as well, and you just that never was in in, in my day. That didn't happen. So you go to a really good established club like the Ball and Banana yeah. or Ha or and they'd have they'd have a slot for an open spot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you you do your open spot on a pro night, and if you did well, then you come back and do ten. And if you did well, you come back and do a twenty minute open spot. No, twenty minute paid set. Um, you know that's how it worked. And then you'd kind of bump into you know comedians along the way and make friends that way. Yeah,
0: that's brilliant. Um, so you mentioned well, I mentioned the unpredictability of the act. Do you have? any idea what you're going to do and say before you go on stage yeah I mean it's a
2: bit of a myth isn't it it's the, <laughs> it's the same with the Eddie art thing where you think oh he's kind of improvising making it all yeah, up. Yeah. I think it's, it's very well rehearsed I know what I'm doing I, I mean there might be something happening in the audience that you have to play with yeah generally I think most acts have, have got a running list or set list and and um you know there's people like Ross Noble who who I think was very good at playing around with with stuff and coming back.
1: Brilliant. To
2: yeah. I think most people, you know, you have a kind of a set list. You know what you're doing.
0: Yes, we we saw um, Tommy Cooper in the 70s live wow. on the stage. Um, it was one of the first I ever saw. And the curtains opened, and he's just lying on a bed. Nothing happens, and there's one woman in the audience crying with laughter and it trickles round and after about five minutes he popped his head up and he just went what what somebody come on <laughs> absolutely
2: yes. i mean uh, you know there was a, there was a, i'm sure there was kind of moments of him <laughs> improvising a little bit We he knew you know he it, was, exactly he's one of those guys who, who um is naturally innately funny Yeah. As a person and to look at,
0: I think. And I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, well, you're the same with your visual comedy. I have to say, you know, you, you, you have a very, very funny face on stage that makes people laugh. And that's a wonderful, you know, I I always say uh, the greater, the, the greater comedians go on stage and don't do anything. So you've got Eric Morecambe twiddling his glasses or the fairs or, you know, and if you've got a funny face to start with, like Les Dawson, he was another early one I saw. Um, you're halfway there, you know. But with your material and the visual humor, it works like a dream, my friend. It always has. I've been a fan for years. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, that's really nice. I didn't, know, I didn't know you were actually. That's great. <laughs> I, I kind of, um, I, I think it's a kind of a love hate thing as well. And I, I, I always, I, I think there are some people who were watching me with stunned silence, what's <laughs> going on. But there's the other extreme where people really love it, and I think that's yeah. really nice, I think. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, <clears throat> can you, t- excuse me, can you tell me about your writing process, if you've got one, for a routine or a show? How how do you go about thinking about ideas? It's funny, I,
2: it's, I've been a bit naughty, really. it. I think that in the early days, I, I really spent a lot of time writing and thinking, and that's mostly slightly why you know, one one doesn't progress as, as much as one can because the people who do are constantly working and constantly writing. I think what the circuit did to me and, and is that I had a really strong 20, 30-minute set. Yeah. And, and I kind of kept to that. And I think nowadays, and even then, really, the, the journey, you should keep journeying and keep changing. And I got quite scared of, of taking such a really strong bit out. And, and, and so I'd keep stuff for too long, in a way. But the process is, is, is the visual, the routines are different to the actual one-liner joke. So I do think of a topic on a one-liner joke and think you
1: know,
2: uh, uh, the funny bit around, uh, You know, say, um, want to do a joke about a dentist. So then, then I would sit down with a piece of paper or a computer now and, and work out um, all the stuff about dentists and try and work out my funny idea about a dentist. But a routine is very different because it's very visual. So something like the Elvis routine I do. Yeah. Is I don't know where that came from. I think I saw a toilet seat in a, a pound <laughs> shop, or something like that. And I just thought I'll have that. So what yeah. I used to do is I used to I used to just buy stuff that I thought was visually funny and have it in a big prop box and not and then I'd come to that prop box, open it up and just think of ideas. And then I had this Elvis wig and it came together and, and I just thought there there must be something here. And then because of the magic idea of eating hay. That's
0: ham- brilliant. So
2: so uh, you know, th- those kind of visual routines are much harder to actually sit down and write. I think you've got to have a lot of pop-box yeah, yeah. and stuff and think, what well, you know, what's funny,
0: yeah. Yeah, there's, there's two that instantly come to mind, two prop comedians. One is Tim Vine, who, who does it brilliantly, and the other one is Darren Walsh. And he he once handed me a picture of a bee, and he, and he pointed at me, and I lifted the picture up, and he went, behold, and he got a laugh. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well yeah i mean those I of, that was kind of yeah
0: it's that like raymond and timkins i mean they
2: play along with those kind of um the word mr T- you know raymond and mr timkins right? yeah
0: yeah 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 very much so yeah. yeah 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 it's brilliant um it's a weird question to ask uh, maybe but uh, what do you think makes a good comedian is is there an answer
2: well, I know we're going to talk a bit about the photography as well a little bit later. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, the fact is, is, that, is that I had that same question, what makes a good photographer? And and, and, and same with the comedy, you know, there's the, the, the classic classic line of, you know, the timing of, of it. And and there's so many courses of how to learn comedy, but I also think it's very hard. There's an essence there or you know, whatever it is, that it's very hard to teach.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So you can teach someone, and same with photography, you can teach someone... The, the, the technicalities of something, of how to write a joke or how to hold a microphone or all that stuff. But sometimes I do think that there's something that, that's either innate or that, 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 is, that you kind of innately know about timing or what's funny. So, um, so I would, I, I, you know, timing is a, an important aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. There so is that something, something else that, that's very hard to put a finger on
0: it's a very good answer very interesting yes um when i uh started this blog um i went to a half day comedy uh, writing course and the rest of the people around me wanted to be reviewers and the woman who was running the writing course went um, came, came up to me and went um we can't remember why we invited you and i said well i'm not a reviewer i'm not a diarist i'm not a critique i'm not a reporter i'm a member of the audience out to have a good time and i'm trying to write an enthusiastic blog and they never bothered me again <laughs> really? yeah. that's very nice. but yeah. the, the rest of them the reviewers were really they were really critical you know but um i just but think but that's I just what
2: i like i think what you're thing. doing is actually joyous i think that.
0: Yeah.
2: i think that you know you're you're not coming to try and trip anybody up yeah exactly genuinely interested in you know certain comedians i mean you might not interview comedians you don't you know and comedy is very subjective so something you find funny and that's why people in a way need critics but in the way they don't i think it's a really hard that's another kind of Blog uh, podcast, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very
0: much so. Very much so. Um, Today, what has been your best and worst comedy gig? I can't imagine you ever having a bad comedy gig because you're a very funny man. But uh, do you have any stories? Sometimes miss miss the mark. I
2: mean, I think (laughs) I do the kind of the worst feeling one was was. um was Glastonbury um a long, long time ago. It was the it was the one where it was the wettest on record. Wow. Um, that, and yeah. it was one of the first I, I I I was the first one that my girlfriend now wife had come to see, I think. So we drove all the way down to Glastonbury and it was the wettest on records, horrible. The audience were really, you know, not happy. It was waterlogged, everything was just mud. And
1: I remember
0: then, rolling around in the mud on it the city. Really yeah.
2: And slu- and everybody and, the comedy tent was huge. And um, this was the time of Corking the Juice Peaks. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so they were on and they stormed it. I mean, they absolutely blew it apart. Um, and they got, I think they got two encores. And they should have closed the show.
1: Yeah. And
2: then... And then the Compe comes on, and then introduces Mister Methane. Do you know Mister Methane?
1: Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> I saw
0: him at the Edinburgh Festival. Yes.
2: Uh, yeah. So basically, for your listeners and, and a you unique seeing, act. He basically is like there's an old there was an old French uh, wasn't there a musical act who basically can fart at will?
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah. So he
2: put it and it's true, I think, because he put talcum powder on his bum and then you do a fart so you see the talcum powder spray out <laughs> so that it's proof that he's farted. He's in a leotard, so there's no machinery <laughs> yeah. there. I don't remember,
0: like, yeah. And then he
2: would fire stuff. <laughs> <his Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, so, oh,
0: no. so
2: basically, yeah. Cork in the Juice Pig stormed it on cork. And then Mr. Methane went on and only did about 10 minutes because that's all he's booked for. And he stormed it as well. And then they brought on me. <laughs> 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 That's climax because I, I was little jokes and mucking around and <laughs> corking there was so the other act was so big really and then um I, I kind of did all right I held my ground it was there was no booing on it like that, but it was it was just just kind of not what am I doing voice.
1: here
2: <laughs> then I came off the stage and people came up to me and was kind of saying you're all right, you're all right I said yeah, yeah it was just really tough and then when I was unpacking my props, I found hundreds of little mud balls in my props.
0: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> when I was on stage, people were chucking mud at me, which I, none of them hit my face. So I didn't, didn't know that was happening. So <laughs> I was going through my props all
0: So that Wow. Oh, um, so that was a, that was a highlight. <laughs> yeah, that's my best show. Um, my, no. And then
2: I, I think as a response, and just as a, um, where, where you're on a different plane, I think, and yeah this is it this is this this is all about live comedy I, I supported Frank Skinner a long long time ago on his we did 80 dates we ended up at the Baxi Power station wow. which was the, which was the biggest live event at the time this was before the stadium gigs
0: Yeah 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 and
2: and um that wasn't the show I'm talking about that was quite a hard gig but we did the Birmingham Hippodrome for eight nights cuz his hometown and it, Frank Skinner's show wasn't that easy to 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 um, support him because they'd all come to see him it's quite a football-y crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. I did very well for him on most of the gigs and the Birmingham was good but then I dashed across the road to the Glee Club uh, the Glee Club in Birmingham, Birmingham yeah, and yeah. I, th- I don't want it because I've been playing in front of 1,500, 2,000 people a night and Birmingham Glee Club is although it's a big club on the circuit, it's like 300 people, 400 people, which is a big club for a circuit gig, but because I've been playing these big venues and I was doing this stuff on stage, I came to do the Glee Club and I just ripped it so hard. It was such a, it was just, a, people, that Damon who used to run, who works for Off the curb now, still remembers that gig when he was working. That's there. fantastic. It was the best gig he's ever seen. It was just on the plane. It, just, it was everything. It was just, people were crying, you know, it was great.
0: And you, and you must be, uh, 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 you must have been loving it because you were fueled to go and do it.
2: Yeah, and also the response from the Skinner gig obviously is okay but it's never going to be a storming gig because they haven't come yeah to see yeah it. and yeah. this one was they've just come to see comedy and yeah. i was i'd just done 20 25 minutes twenty twenty five at the hippodrome and then i was and this club i just had everything it's just extraordinary yeah yeah
0: was there a was there a point do you think in your career where you thought to yourself i can do this for a full-time job and I can do it well or, or, or it, it can pay the bills or was was there a point where you thought I can continue doing this? Well, absolutely I think it wasn't yeah. long after I started yeah. because I was getting
2: booked because I was as I said come off that summer circuit I had a really yeah, big, yeah. long 20 and then you know you know you get into jonglers and mm-hmm. and the money then was really good yeah and they gave you hotels and you could make a really good living and I was making very good living for, for years, 20-odd 20, 20 years or so, before you realise you can't, <laughs> because it's very changed <laughs> now. I think the circuit financially has really changed. The money hasn't gone yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, You must have had this, you know, talking to other people. but um, And you can't get bitter about it. That's just the nature of what happens, you know. It, it's yeah, yeah, it's of Before course. the internet in a way, so it, you had to go and see live. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So, so
2: it was a really, really great, 10 12 years that
0: was absolutely um when you're on stage how do you remember all your routines do you have a way of remembering them or do you like the unpredictability of anything can happen well I think generally because I I haven't changed my material that often (laughs) I just
1: remember
2: it I mean I was you know you must remember which I was doing every night of the week kind of thing so so you know, it, it, you just go back out and do the more or less the same stuff in a way, and I mean, know you've got to be careful with that. So you add in bits and pieces, but there was a stage I remember. I was I was supporting Craig Charles as well. I was I, I did three months where I didn't have a night off. And some of the nights I was doubling up. So I was doing Craig's gig because I was off stage by eight o'clock and I'd find another gig in the same town and do that one. So, you know, I was earning a fortune (laughs) and just not, you know, not stopping. I didn't have kids then and it was just bang out and it was great. But you do get a bit
0: tired after a while, you know. I'm not surprised. That's incredible. Um, With all the enthusiasm that you deliver on stage, all the the visual humour and everything... Um, I can't imagine you ever getting nervous. Do you suffer from nerves before you go on or any anything like this?
2: Well, I think the nature of what I do, I actually sometimes look a bit nervous on stage because it's very kind of, um, you know, people actually do say that to me. Are you nervous? So I said, oh, no, I've done this a little bit. So I'm not <laughs> really, I tend not to get, I mean, I, in the back in the day when you had a little bit of television here and there yeah. or a corporate gig, I um, would pace it a bit. I mean, I still pace it. But that's just my nature backstage. I, I kind of pace around backstage because that's my the energy building up. Um, so I don't really get it. I don't worry too much. I think now no. I don't worry what what happens anymore. because
0: Would you would you say as soon as you speak into the microphone, any nerves go? Because you because you're there in the moment wanting to make the audience laugh.
2: Kind of, I think it's more the fact that after the first 10 seconds, knowing what's, what, what the audience is about, and if they're into you, then you can relax a bit and muck around. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. there are still times where, whatever, for whatever reason, you, you, you know, you, that first 10, 20 seconds is very important. So if they sure. don't quite buy in, I've had it times where, they, you know, where they don't quite buy into the character and they're just not going to go for it. And, and it's, that can be a bit nervous and a bit of a slog, really. Mm-hmm.
0: You so see, you, you see, I find that incredulous in because one thing you are when you're on stage is very, very endearing, with, uh, and and that is a massive quality to have because you want to um, go for drink with you afterwards. You want to find out more about you because you're you're very, very endearing as well as visual and I wouldn't say crazy, but manic, you know, which yeah. is which is all comedic. Qualities to have, it know. is,
2: but that's again your subjective because some people don't don't get that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's
0: yeah so, so.
2: Fine. And also, I, I it's, it's strange because I've not been recognized 20 minutes after I've done my sets than in the bar. Because my on stage, I mean, I'm quite calm at the moment, but on stage, <laughs> I go a bit mad and manic, as you say, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm very different to look at when, <laughs> when I'm you know, same person, but you know.
0: It's, it's, it's wonderful. It really is. Um, I am extremely fortunate to be able to go to the Edinburgh Fringe every year. I've been going since 2005 and the only two I missed were obviously because of the pandemic, but, um, I, it's my holiday every year. I go for a week and I see about 50 shows and I need a holiday by the time I come back yeah. <laughs> because I'm exhausted. Um, what was your first ever Edinburgh Fringe like?
2: Well, the first one I did was actually with um, uh, the big value comedy show that was run oh, yeah. by
1: yeah.
2: yeah by Pete Harris at the time. Scream was a murder, so he took a crew up, and um, I think I did it. I think I did it with Steve K. Amos. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who else it was. There's a few he's a good people. comedian,
1: Steve. Yeah,
2: 10. so and I loved it because it was underwritten. Uh, we had to go out. You know, uh, we had to go out and fly after the show. Right. It was a very popular show because it'd been running a year, two years before. So it was like a package show. You had to do twenty minutes each. Three acts and a compound, I think it was. And um it was great for me because you'd know, have to do your full hour and um I loved it. I got on really well with the acts. We had a really good fun really good time. You know. So
0: were you like doing twenty minutes? between three of you or something like that for the hour was that yeah i
2: think it was just just over an hour i think because it was a package show and he did it and um so i think it was three acts and a compare Uh, Um, and what year was this oh man i really can't remember the year can't remember the year decade the decade
0: it must be 1990s then 90s yeah yeah yeah. So uh, do you regularly go or? or no, the- I
2: think I made a mistake, really, of not yeah. regularly going. I think that that I was such a club comic. Yeah. You know, I always felt that Edinburgh Festival was a very different beast. It was it was where you kind of do a, a theme show or uh, there was a time, I think, where you had the best of. You know? Yeah, that's what I did. That's when I went up for my time. I did my the best of all my stuff. And um, but generally, it's, you know, all the stuff now is is there's there's some kind of story to it, or yeah, yeah, or yeah. yeah it. It changes, I but, always think that comedy for me, I just love comedy as a stand. Yeah, I not yeah. you know, there are some shows. I mean, I've I've seen Kim Noble a few times, who so I think is fantastic. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, I just think that's very different, and that's a very much an Edinburgh theatre. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I I I just felt that I was a stand-up more than anything, rather than.
0: So your 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 best of show that you took up there was that a full hour solo show? Have you have you done? Yeah, I was. Fra- again?
1: Yeah,
2: I was very lucky. I can't remember what year that was, but it was a, it was a. I was in the Pleasance. Um, uh, uh, what was that? I? Come in the cavern. I think it was called then. It yeah, was, it was, it was yeah. The theatres. It was a big room, and that was underwritten as well because someone was yeah. really into my stuff, and they took me up, and uh, they took the first. Three grand loss or something like that. That's <laughs>
1: awesome. oh, and it.
2: lost. It another the show because it sold really well. But you know what yeah. Ed was like.
1: Yeah,
2: then, yeah. It all the publicity and the accommodation, blah blah blah, and it lost about three thousand and five pounds. So I was covered basically. <laughs> so, but, um, but well, I, I loved the show. But it was it was a roller coaster because I got a five star review near the end.
1: Well done.
2: I also got. Um, a one star for the same show well,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and i'm Don't one of good. the only people yeah. there's about eight of us and bill bailey i think is one of them who, yeah. who, who did that who's got a one star and a five star for the same show and it just shows you how subjective everything is and it was the one star was from a was a, from a student magazine or something like that and it you know and it just just didn't get it, it was called my my show was called steve best is immature and, Fantastic. You know, their, their critique was: um, "This is a bit immature." This, you know, that was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But um, yeah, as I said, people, some people don't buy into it. But it was a, it, it was a roller coaster because I actually read the reviews rather than just not read anything. And the five-star <laughs> review came near the end. And if that come at the beginning, then you know. But
0: anyway. Wow. Have you have you been up there as a punter just to see shows?
2: Yeah. So I should have gone back yeah. in the, next year. That's what I really should have done. But what I did do is I I started up a company called Abnormally Funny People with a friend of mine who's disabled. Uh, And that Abnormally Funny People was was all about championing disabled comedians. That's wonderful. Yeah, in 2005, Sky did a documentary about us going up to Edinburgh. Oh,
1: brilliant.
2: Yeah, and that was really good. So I was very much involved in that company for 10 years, um, kind of working out shows. So I went up with them. Um, that's I was fantastic competing. yeah so so i did that um but i haven't gone up again as a solo show mm-hmm. i've gone up to as a as photographs which we'll talk about later and i've i've only gone up as a punter when i've gone up for something to do with yeah or whatever. yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah i've never gone up as a I I kind of find it's a bit too much of a busman's holiday. I kind of um... you're not you're not as
0: crazy as me booking forty odd shows for August this year. (laughs) I mean, have you already booked them? Is
2: that on the free fringe as
0: well or everywhere? Well, I I mean I'll fit four or five more in, (laughs) but there's about. Ten of us going up there all the different times of the week, and they all join me at different intervals. It's oh, just the best. Your your liver gets battered, yeah. but um, you know yeah, you're yeah. on holiday. Let us move on to your other great profession. You are a wonderful photographer, and you have written or photographed two books that I've got here that you that you very kindly sent to me. One is called comedy snapshot and the other one is called joker face can you tell me how you how all this came about how did you become a photographer how did you get to know all the comedians and let them photograph photograph
2: yeah so um i've always been into art my mum was an artist yeah i've always been into photographer photography so i've always kind of carried a camera around with me little point and shoot um and and i think there was another guy, Anvil Springsteen, I remember. I don't know if you know Anvil Springsteen. He moved to Australia and he's back here again, I think. Right. He a really nice comedian. I was based in Newcastle. And I remember him t- taking pictures. This was with a film camera. Um, and I used to take pictures of the film. I remember taking a picture of Lee Evans, actually, backstage at the Glee pub <laughs> in Cardiff, I think it was. And um, uh, so I was always into photography. Um, and then... I started getting a bit more serious with it, but not that serious. And just bringing a point and shoot digital with me Yeah. Um, backstage with me to gigs. So I was doing gigs every night of the week and then I would just shoot, a, you know, take a snap of a comedian thinking about putting it on Facebook or, or whatever on social media, thinking nothing of it. And I think at the time, Bob Mills was saying, you should do, you should do something with this. Yeah. So I thought this is a really good record of the comedy circuit. And that's what it was. And then I thought, actually I'll ask him a few questions. So, I'd ask every comedian um, uh, to give me one line of joke if they had one of theirs uh, and four or five facts about themselves that are not on Wikipedia but just something a bit weird and wonderful. And I'd write when the, when the shot was taken and what club. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I just started compiling it and that's what happened to the comedy snapshot. I just thought I should just do some of this. So I, I kind of went with a friend, um, uh, Drew, Drew Barr, um, yeah, and my the yeah. day, Drew DeSoto is a designer. He runs a design company. So I went into his offices and he taught me about InDesign and Photoshop. And we designed this book. And he's got a little publishing wing, and so we published um, uh, and that's yeah. got about um, 450 comedians in or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got told off; I didn't put any page numbers or any index. So people <laughs> would go round getting it started. Yeah, I don't know who yeah, was but yeah
0: to there was that. I yeah. I keep looking at them, going, "Oh, I've seen so sensors here in here." I don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's a few people who get who've got lots of signatures in there, and they've they've actually done their own index now, so yeah, they, they yeah. know what's in it. So, um so joke face
0: yeah, was an extension, was it? Of yeah. So, you know, I,
2: but when I was doing probably mm-hmm. Snapshot and and I published it. I thought I missed out so many comedians that I want to get in. So, mm-hmm. joke face was a bit more of not necessarily me working with them. I just went out my way to find yeah. these comedians. So, the people like Alexis Sale, I've been got yeah, people like yeah. Anderson and and uh just people that I kind of Kim Noble. I really liked. I wanted to get him in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so. I went
2: to photograph him, and it's the same process of a joke, four or five facts. Um, and, but that one, because of Comedy Snapshot, Unbound, which is a crowdfunding publisher, really liked it. So they managed the project and we crowdfunded that one
1: through there. Brilliant. Yeah.
0: Before, before we go into your new book, I, I want to personally thank you for two things because um, when I uh, see the comedians, I like to have a photograph taken with them And they're more than willing to have a photograph taken on my mobile phone. When I was at the Edinburgh Fringe one year, I met Mervyn Stutter and you very kindly did a photograph of me and him. And it's one of my favourite photographs that I've ever had out of the thousand that I've done. And the other thing was reading these books gave me the idea for the blog because the blog was originally going to be a book about all and basically it's all about my experiences as an audience member of watching the comedians so it's slightly different to the questions and the facts and everything the sorry not the questions the jokes and the, and the and the facts and everything but the premise of your books gave me gave me an idea for this. I ha- it all started off the great long spreadsheet of every act I ever saw. And I thought, who's going to want to look at this? But it's just taken off. So thank you so very much. And I might well yet uh, get the book published. Um, I've still got the manuscript. It's all in the blog now, but who knows? And... Yeah. Um, Uh um I did have a look at Unbound. I might ask them again. You you use Unbound quite a bit, don't you, for your for your publishing. Is that right?
2: Well, that was just one I mean, ultimately Unbound gave me they really liked the idea. They gave me a two book deal. Right. So I I did Joker Face and then I was gonna do this next one with them as well. This is like maybe three years ago now. Yeah. yeah. Talking about this book. there's good and bad about Unbounded. My, my, I think they're very—they know—they're very good at what they do. Yeah. But they use all your contacts to pledge,
1: right? The and
2: they've got their—they've got their platform that they do as well. But they do rely on all your contacts and everybody for you to social media it the hell out of it so people buy it. So it's all about pre-sales. And I didn't want to go back to the same people and say, "Look, I'm doing another book." Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, and, and also the problem is this next book is really expensive to produce so George's yeah, yeah. Place was a certain price but this next one because it's an art book is really because I want to get it properly professionally beautifully done so it's getting printed in Italy and and the design is lovely so yeah. it's really expensive and and I didn't I didn't I didn't know if I could actually do that
0: uh, tell me tell me more about it because i've ordered it it's out in september 22 and it's called comedians yeah so so it this looks was, like a really good coffee table book I, yes. i'm gonna be fascinated yes yeah, i mean tell me more it, about it
2: yeah i'm so proud of this one this is this is my masterpiece i think in, in the sense that while i was snapping comedians backstage i was also got much more into my photography and i yeah. started doing proper document docu kind of Backstage candid shots of comedians, famous comedians, not so famous comedians, and also comedians on stage as well but because i've got this access i 've known these comedians for so long i've got access to backstage and i a lot of my on stage shots are shot backstage onto the stage so yeah, they' yeah. different angles and they 're not flat and there's a there's an art quality to it that that um I really like, so that is going to be about two hundred and forty. Pages and about 136 images in the book. Um, I'm really looking
0: forward to it, my friend. I, I, I can't wait to see it. It sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, we're just finishing the design. We're just doing the proofreading, and then it's going off to Italy to be printed over the summer and then delivered in September. So, yeah.
0: Brilliant. And and I've also seen um, one or two of your exhibitions as well. You've had one or two exhibitions with the comedians as well, with photographs, haven't you, on... on yeah, on... so those
2: photo those photographs, uh, in the book, so those ones in the exhibition are in the book. So, right, the, the exhibition was called Comedians Back to Front, which was yeah. all the book Comedians Back to Front, but we just call it Comedians. I think it's yeah, the, yeah. It's a simple yeah, title. And then, um, so it's actually the exhibition's still on because they haven't taken it down because of COVID. Right. So it's at the um Observatory Photography Gallery in Marchmont Street, which is near Russell Square. Um, so that's um, and the, and we're going to have the launch show as well because I, the, he, he was the first professional photography guy who saw my pitch and thought, these are really good. They're not, you're not just a comedian. This is. So he's the one who inspired me to to move on to a bigger arty thing. then
0: yeah. When, when is the launch? Is it going to be in September?
2: No. So I'm going to try and get the people who pre-ordered and the books. I'll try and get those out by the end of September. Right. The actual proper launch uh, will be at the end of October.
1: Right. So you'll get
2: your books, you know, whoever's bought them. Um, we'll get them before um, and uh, I've just in the last week I've just got sales and distribution now so um, that hopefully they'll get into proper bookshops now as well and, and the tape bookshop and photographers gallery and all the waterstone so I've got sales on, on it now so
0: I'm so, so for you, mate. I really am. It's so well deserved because wow. it, it is a talent. I'm telling you, the the photographs are superb. There, 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 there was one. Um, I, I was very, I was very fortunate. I'm very fortunate to have a lot of the comedians on the podcast, and um, uh, one in particular. I was one of the. I probably was the last person to interview Barry Cryer. Oh. Um, he came on here. It was extraordinary and um your photograph of him that i know you've used to publicize the book is amazing because you've captured this this is the great thing you capture them very naturally but 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 you can see how um wonderful they are just about to go on stage or just about to tell a punchline it's 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 a fascinating thing and i wish you every success with it i really do
2: Hey, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the Barry Cry is a lovely picture. I, I think I, I, actually when he, I've got a print of his that he signed, he signed wow. six of them. Yeah. And um, that, that I, I'm selling these prints to help fund the book. That's how I did it. I kind of crowdfunded it myself in a way. Yeah, yeah. And packages where you could buy prints and the Barry Cryer, on, when he died, actually, all those prints sold. They, I mean, obviously, wow. you know, I mean, it's very sad. I mean, I just got him to sign them maybe three months before, something like
0: that. Um, I, I, I met him two or three times, but unfortunately I never got a photo.
2: Yeah. But, a guy, what a, he was a lovely, he was a lovely a
0: guy. He always
2: had time for people,
0: really. Yeah, 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 very much so. I, I went to the um, celebration of his life on the 13th of June. It was amazing. Um, yeah. Do you have any further ambitions as a comedian or a photographer? Is there going to be more books? Um, do you want to go on TV and host your own quiz show? Anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, um,
2: there is a documentary. Joe Boar has done a documentary, um, and that's coming out, being previewed in Bedford next Sunday.
1: Wow. Um, yeah.
2: And um, it's called The Clowntographer, which is a name I had on my business cards for a while because yeah. I thought that's a clown so I'm a clown photographer, so I do photography Brilliant. and clowning, you know. But um, it's a really lovely documentary. It's not really about me. It's about my journey. I talk to, I talk to photographers. I talk to um, Don Ward at the Comedy Store about yeah. pictures on the wall. It's about photography, really. And um, I talk to other photographers as well who photograph comedians and it 's just about what makes a good comedy photograph, but from that idea that so I do want to do a show which i 've been pitching and we're close maybe i won 't go into it probably here it, just in case, but it 's um, it's based on my comedy and being a photographer and interviewing people
0: that's so
2: i so 'd love for something that's that to happen because that would take me to the next level on that, but on the photography. I, I mean, obviously carrying on photographing backstage, front stage, but I think I've also got to do other topics as well as a documentary kind of photographer. So right. I think this will act as a very lovely calling card, an expensive yeah. calling card, but to, to say, look, this guy can take photographs really well, you know, and, and get into the a different world, you know, you can do anything with it, you know. Once people trust you so you could go and, and photograph snooker players or something like that yeah and yeah I like yeah. people I like backstage and I like the spotlight so you could you know there's lots of things you could do
0: so that's yeah. fantastic so 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 it is a, you are extremely ambitious you know you've got a lot of good ideas
2: yes I mean it's strange because I've been a, I've been a stand up for more than I've been a photographer in a way and yet I think I put more work and creative thinking into my photography than I've done in my comedy so it's that's quite been strange. That.
0: I think I think definitely with the certainly with the comedy photography you have found a niche. It's like it's like as I said with, about me with this. I, I I don't think anybody has ever examine comedy from an audience point of view i could be bothered to actually write about it or um be as enthused about it and i i don't i don't see myself as being enthused because i'm enjoying myself so much watching it
2: <laughs> but that's beautiful i mean i think i agree yeah. i think there's always little angles that, that that people find fascinating and it's all about yeah. human nature and 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 you know you're coming from as you say a different perspective so you know good luck to it. i think that you know the there, there, there'll be a space for it. I'm, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. 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 Very much so. Um, have you done many online gigs as opposed to live gigs?
2: No, I'm not objecting to it, but i I did a few with abnormally funny people, and yeah. I'm fine with it. I was kind of compared it. <clears throat> it's not as fun. No. But um, <laughs> I think there are certain things. That would work. I think, like a magician, would work well on. I know a friend of mine has done fantastically well with Zoom gigs because you could do corporate Zoom gigs and not leave the house and do, you know, every hour basically. <laughs> so normally with a corporate gig, you have to get there, you have to set up. But you know, he's charging what is the same and doing like five a day. That that was in the, the you know in the pandemic and Zoom. yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah.
2: But for me, I I, I think comedy is such alive. That I don't have much joy in either watching it or or performing it. Really, I think it's got to be live.
0: Very much so. I totally agree. Um, when when it first started, when when the online gigs first started, when we're in lockdown, um, I don't know how I would have coped without it. It, It's it's I always look at it as a very good substitute. Um, and I would go on a Monday night, I'd go to um, Monday Night Comedy with Sean James, Happy Mondays. And then, of course, there's always be comedy, my regular club. They did it online, still doing it online. And I'd also go to um, uh, Charlotte Regan's Irishman Abroad on a Friday. And when they did, when they did it well, it was really good. Um, but when it, when the first started, um there was no audio, so I would sit here laughing at four walls and i thought I'd, I thought i 'd be taken away yeah. <laughs> yeah. but when they When they got the audio, the comedians could then judge the jokes, chat to the audience et etc et etc but i 'm with you one hundred and ten percent. Thank God the comedy clubs are open because comedy should and always be live because it you, you, I love the fact. That um it's of the moment. You go into the I love to go out for a few drinks and then with some friends and then sit down in a in an audience and go, right, here we go. And it it's of the moment. You never know what's gonna happen. And that's the magic of it. Um like me, do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience? Or have you ever done that? No, I mean I I I I it's a
2: funny uh Kind of transition from when you start, you stay and watch everything. You get there on time. You get there at the start of the show, and then you get to a stage where you're doing so many that you end up just coming for your bit and then buggering off, kind of thing. <laughs> it depends. Hey. It does depend. But I, I very rarely, there's very few comedians that I would
1: pay to go and
2: see now <laughs> uh, because I could. First of all, I could go and see them, and, and you know. I've been to the comedy store a lot where they've had those big charity shows to photograph, so I see the show there. Yeah. Um, and, but people like Stuart Lee, I would go and see. There's a few comedians. I just, uh, Kim Noble, I, I I know he's doing another Soho run, actually, Kim Noble, and I'll yeah. book a ticket there. Because I just think that th- there there are some people that, that are just just sublime they're, they're on a different level i think but...
0: that are they your favorite comedians would could would you have a list of comed- of favorite comedians or yeah they? so
2: i remember um getting really into steve martin
0: oh um, and they
2: both <laughs> and you know i'm very i was very kind of influenced by like tommy cooper first and then yeah, yeah, steve yeah. martin yeah because he came at a time when everybody was doing observational or whatever and he just was just took the surreal shit and just fucked around it was so funny and yeah. you know the arrow through the head the white suit the, the yes. juggling with the oranges. it's it was just mad and it was his, amazing and his, and his CDs and uh, at the time you could listen to his live show <clears throat> I, I love Steve Martin really loved him um, and his books Born Standing Up I think it is I've
0: got it here it's amazing it's,
2: it's one of the best books mm. on stand up because it it doesn't ta- it, it stops at the big stadium stuff it, it, it just is build up It's great. It's a really good, very intelligent.
0: um... It's it's extraordinary that uh, when he was so popular, he walked away from the live stage and then he went into films and he had that great run of about 10 films with Carl Reiner and there was playing trains and automobiles. He was brilliant in as well. Um, uh, and I, I can remember when I was at college in Stoke, me and my friend, they had uh, all of me on a showing. And I think that's his greatest performance where he, he plays half a man and half a woman. All of me, yeah. And, and the jerk and all that. mean, at that all the way through.
2: Those early films were just yeah. great. And I think that. one Two
0: Brains as well, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I would yeah. be interested to see them now, whether
0: they just yeah. the best of time. best oh, like. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 really groundbreaking as well, the one where um they had all the black and white films, Dead oh, Men. Yeah, play, That, the, yeah. Play, that, that was play play or something, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was he he was wonderful. And I was very fortunate to go and see him. He was playing the Hammersmith Apollo with his bluegrass band about five years ago. I saw him at the Royal Festival yeah. with,
2: with this bluegrass band. But he didn't do any comedy though, did he?
0: Well, well well the bluegrass band were amazing. Yeah. And he had the odd joke as he went along, but at the end of our one, he did the um King Tut. Oh right. So right. he had so he had the routine and everything. Going. And and we were I was gonna go and see Steve Martin and Martin Short at Royal Albert Hall, but COVID hit, which oh, was right. a shame, but and and they haven't rescheduled it. But I'm so pleased Murders in the Building is doing well. There's only well. Murders in the Building, the the, the Disney thing oh, I Is that
1: good?
2: Have you seen it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's very yeah, I'm
2: not a uh, massive fan of I saw the uh, there was a there was a them doing on Netflix the two of them just doing a stage show. Yeah, show yeah, and I, I felt that a bit too, uh, too show busy for me. It was a bit too <laughs> yeah, it was a bit too contrived. Yeah. I, I, I always think Steve Martin was so good at really mucking around.
0: Yeah, yeah, And I think well, when I he was it, I loved, it,
2: you
0: know. I loved uh, the three amigos. I love Chevy Chase as yeah. well. And uh, Martin Sharam sure in that.
2: Um, uh, but the other one, just very quickly. Ones, uh, yeah. When I was decorating my first flat, I was obsessed with Bill Hicks. I know people don't think so much of him now, but I I still think he was the master. And and I, I know people slightly accuse him of being mis- misogynistic or homophobic or something like that. But I think he had a, he had a it's twist on it. And I I remember listening to I think it was Arizona Bay, and ranting E mine or A mine ranting. And those two albums are seven. I just think that the, those two albums are just, just pitch perfect. And we had music playing in the background of the guitar. I just thought <laughs> that, but just the, the the technique and and yeah. he, was, he was brilliant. He was
0: brilliant. he was superb. I, again, I was very very lucky. I saw him live at the Royal Exchange in Manchester yeah. just before he died, and he and he came on about midnight. Did, yeah. He gave the impression he didn't want to be there, but yeah. by God, you listened to that man, and he had the audience. He, he just controlled the room brilliantly, and yeah. and and put everybody down without them realizing because of the jokes that they did. And he was just extraordinary. And his book, um, I've, I've I've got as well. It's 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 amazing. He was an astonishing comic.
2: Oh, absolutely! His book's great. I, I, I just, I think he was. It's hugely sad, it'd be so interesting to to see what he would make of today's politics. I mean, I think he'd be brilliant.
0: <laughs> you know. Very much so. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, anybody else?
2: So yeah, it was Stephen Bill Hicks, uh, and I can't. I, yeah, as I said, Kim Noble, Stuart Lee. I just, I do think that brilliant. of of of. What's happening now is just brilliant, yeah.
0: Brilliant. One of, one of my favourites uh, was uh, Rick Mayle, who played Carlisle in my home city. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he jumped onto the stage after uh, the intro to The Muppet Show played. He jumped on, his trousers exploded and uh, one person sitting next to me in the audience was not laughing, and he and he, looked, he went, "Ladies and gentlemen of the Carl," we kept calling them the Carl Carlisle audience, you. And he pointed at this bloke and threw him out. <laughs> he was absolutely amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so there's so many happy memory, memories, and of course that's why the blog exists. Yeah. Extraordinary. Uh, I've so much enjoyed talking to you. It's been absolutely wonderful. And I wish you every success with everything you do. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say be- before we go? Uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, you got any gigs coming up? Your book is out September, October time. And uh, anything you want to add? Uh,
2: well, it depends when your blog's coming out because they can still pre-order the book. So uh, if it's coming out, <laughs> see, it'll be already out.
0: Well, this will um, be broadcast 2023,
2: yeah. so it be you know, two well, or they three get, months. They get, they get my next book uh, after yeah. that. Um, um, yeah, so social media wise, I'm either at Steve Best Picks for all my photography stuff, or at Steve Best Comic at my comedy stuff so um that's kind of it really and and stevebest.com as a website um that's it yeah
0: good man well well i'm i'm as i say i'm really looking forward to the new book and i'm looking forward to coming to see you live again soon yeah because you're a very very funny man (laughs) Cheers, man you always were all right my friend it's been a pleasure talking to you and all the best to you cheers